0: Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. The Lord gave us a prophetic word, and over the last so many weeks, we have heard about it, we have thought about it, and we have prayed about it. We spent 21 days praying corporately, morning, afternoon, and evening, and in our private lives, in the times in between, as we sought to birth the new in our lives, in our families, in this church, Jesus House, the larger church family in this nation, and to birth God's plans and purposes in the United Kingdom. The 21 days were amazing. Uh, We entered dimensions of prayer that we had never entered before. And believe me, we are already starting to see the results of that prayer, the answers to that prayer. And that prophetic word taken out of Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, verses 18 and 19. The prophet Isaiah says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. For that prophetic word to bear fruit, you have to personalize it what does that prophetic word mean to you? We asked some of us that question. Eminence, Tolu, Lade, and Oti. And they're here to tell us what that prophetic word means to them. Sit back and be blessed by it.
1: Happy Sunday, church. As you know, in this season, we are focusing on birthing the new. Now, what does birthing the new mean to me personally? We are coming off the back of 21 days of prayer and fasting, coming off the back of Resurrection Sunday. And for me, the theme or the thing that God has been emphasizing and that I just can't seem to shake is the fact that in order to birth the new, you truly have to let go of the old. In Matthew 9, verse 17, it says that no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. The significance of this scripture is the fact that you can't have both. You can't have the new and have the old and try to mix them together. In order to step into and to birth the new, you truly have to commit to letting go of the old. When you think about the term birthing, what does that bring to mind? For me, it brings to mind a newborn baby. When a baby is born into the world, it doesn't come with fear and regret and doubt and shame. A baby comes into the world Open and trusting and joyful and ready to truly take on what the world has to offer. And the same is for us in this new season. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Now, this is a scripture that a lot of us may have heard and a lot of us may actually know off by heart. However, there is a difference between head knowledge and actually believing it in the core of our beings. For me, in this new season, what God is emphasizing is that birthing the new truly means that I am a new creation. The enemy wants us currently, in our current circumstances, to think: do you know what? We've spent all this time praying and fasting, and then you open your eyes at the end of a long prayer session, and you are physically still in the same place. Nothing has shifted, nothing has moved seemingly in the earthly realm. And so the enemy wants to constantly remind us that we are, nothing has changed, that we are still everything that we were before, that all of your failings, all the times that you've tried to be more diligent with your faith and fallen off, all the times that you've tried to abstain from one thing or another but may not have been successful, that you are still that person and you still are carrying all of those failures. For me personally, something that I'm really truly committing to in this season is being intentional about spending time with god every single day reading my bible um, and praying irrespective of how busy my job gets irrespective of how crazy life gets carving this time out and i'll find that sometimes at the end of a long day when i finish at you know midnight or whatever time i get off work and i'm opening to read my bible then a voice will come and say to me you know what do you think you're doing oh do you think you're a pastor now praying every day do you think you're now you know some kind of evangelical prophetess or something. I mean, who's to say I'm not, right? But the enemy will come to me and try to tell me that all of these things I'm doing, it's cute for now, but slowly but surely I will fall off in a couple of months. But the power of the second Corinthians scripture is that that is a lie. That is a lie of the enemy. I am a new creation in Christ. And so all of the things that you may not have been able to successfully do before, you have the capacity to do them now by God's grace. The good news is that God doesn't keep score. He's not keeping a tally of your failings. He's not keeping a little notebook of how you said you were gonna be good and then you weren't. It says in Romans eight, verse one, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That means that none, no judgment, no guilt, nothing, no shame. And so in this new season, it's super important that we truly believe in the word of God. Going beyond that is the fact that we don't have to do it by ourselves. Stepping into the new and letting go of the old does not have to be done in our own strength. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse nine, it says that in our weakness the God is made strong. That means that we don't have to do things by our own might. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, it says that we should trust in the Lord with all our heart, and we should not lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, we should acknowledge God, and he will make straight our paths. So this season of birthing the new, this season of stepping into the new, means trusting God acknowledging God in everything and trusting him to make our path straight. It means completely letting go of everything that may have held you back before and remembering that you are a new creation in Christ. This is extremely significant. This is extremely, extremely good news. You don't have to cling to your old identity. You don't have to call yourself by your old name because God has given you a new name in him. And so in this new season of birthing the new, I truly challenge you that before you even try to leap into whatever the next thing that God is calling you to, to truly trust God and to shake off the shackles of the old. God bless.
2: So Jesus House, we're in a season of birthing the new. So what does birthing the new mean to you? And what does it mean to me? Through the period of fasting, I I had been asking God, what does that necessarily mean? What does birthing the new mean for my life, for this nation, and for our church? We've heard our pastors speak and teach about the new and how God wants to do amazing things. But I wanted to understand and I wanted to have a personal connection to this new thing that God is trying to birth in this nation. Not only in this nation, not only in this church, but personally as well for my life. What is it that God wants to do? And as I was seeking God's face, something that stood out to me the most was empowerment. The new for me means empowerment. And why empowerment? God wants you and I to be empowered as he's birthing the new to be able to carry out the mission that he left as he was departing to be with the father, he said unto his disciples in Matthew 28, the 19th verse, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, help them, help the people, learn of me, believe in me and obey my word. And it's funny how Jesus says, go therefore into all nations. And every nation, no matter where you find yourself today, every nation is made up of the following. It's made up of governments, media, business, businesses, families, religious organization, culture, and education. And these are known as the seven pillars that make up our societies. And what I believe that God wants to do is for us to be able to infiltrate these pillars and to to make known the agenda of God in these pillars. Because when we're able to infiltrate these pillars and make known what God wants to do, and when we're able to make known the thoughts and the minds of God in these various pillars, we're able to help God in birthing the new. God wants you and I to be the vessels, the conduits that he will use to be able to bring forth the vision that he has over the church, over the nation and over our families and including your life. And as we go into these pillars, we must do the following, and this is found in Matthew, the 10th chapter, verse 16, and Jesus says to his, to his disciples, listen carefully, I am, listen carefully, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And I'm somebody who enjoys watching documentaries. And something that I find very fascinating in watching documentaries is how um, snakes are very attentive to their prey before they attack. They can sit and watch their prey for hours, days, and even more. And as they do so, they watch the patterns, how they hunt, um, where, where they rest. Um, how they protect their younglings. The snake will wait and watch for the right opportunity before attacking his prey. And it's funny that Jesus is saying, use the wisdom that the serpent has um, to, to understand when it is the right time to go into these places and to speak about me, to speak about my message and to make the world know of who I am, of my existence and how I still love and I continue to love these people. And this is what God awaits from you and I. So as we are going into the new, what God wants to do is empower you and I to be able to do so. Another scripture that really stood out to me, and it's been a reoccurring scripture throughout the last month. Um, it's in the book of Isaiah 43, verse 19. Uh, I read from the Amplified, it says, listen carefully, I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth and you, and you will not know it. I will will put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And what I understand from this scripture is that the new that God wants to bring forth is not based on your ability, my ability, your strength, my strength, your knowledge, my knowledge. You and I are simply vessels that God wants to use to bring forth his agenda and his plans for this nation for this church, for our families and for your lives. God wants you and I to surrender to his leadership. God wants you and I to surrender to his his word and be obedient to his, 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 his call so that when the time is right, we'll be empowered to do the impossible. So that's what birthing the new means to me.
3: Hello, Jesus, how such a great honor to be here with you today. The new season. Wow, the new. And what does the new mean for me? Unshakable conviction. You see, in July 2019, I graduated with my first degree and as a young graduate i thought you know i would definitely get a job Um, i studied global health and social medicine and i wanted to always be in the charitable ngo sector and so i started applying 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 and nothing came through month after month after month i did part-time work i did helping aunties and uncles with jobs i did unpaid internships but nothing was coming through that I wanted, that I knew God had called me to. At the beginning of 2020, I declared that God, before the end of this year, I am going to sign a contract. But with the pandemic, I thought, Tolu, are you serious? Like, what's going on? How, like, what's the update? People would be asking me, what's the update Tolu? What's going on? Month after month passed. And I was praying and declaring and writing applications. Then it came to my 25th birthday in September. And I remember that day where I was just crying. With everything that had even happened with 2020 and the pandemic, you would think that, but Tolu, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to give thanks for. That you're still alive. It's just even something. But church, I couldn't stop. Tears were just flowing and rushing and my mind was just so confused and my heart was just so broken. And I said, God, where are you? But that unshakable conviction, that voice in my heart that said, I have placed you where I have placed you. I'm the one who called you to this industry. I'm the one who gave you the heart and the burden for the charitable sector, the NGO sector. And there I was. I was. Standing on the word of God that says in Psalms 90, verse 17, in the New King James Version. And let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the works of our hands. Conviction, Jesus house. That conviction when you know that God has told you something and you hold on to it. You see, my mum, with all the pain that she could see that I was going through of not having a job, bearing in mind I'm the eldest daughter and my sisters were doing so well in 2020, and here I was. My mum asked, Tolu, are you sure you want to go into this industry, this charitable industry? I mean, what what really do you see in it? Why don't you do this course or that course? And I said, "Mm mm-mm, no, mum. Conviction. I don't want to be where my hands will not prosper. I do not want to be where my hands have not been sent to. I do not want to be where my name is not called in important places and I cannot hold the flag of the kingdom of God. Conviction, Jesus House. Having that unshakable conviction that if it is God, it will surely come to pass. So what happens now? I was applying for jobs, still continuously applying and applying and applying. And then in December 2020, I got two job offers. One was for a charitable organization, which, of course, I was so happy and exuberant, and I was filled with joy. But you see, this God, Jesus House, this God that we serve, he doesn't do just one step. When God wants to show you that he is truly God, he goes over and beyond. And so the second job offer that I got was part of the United Nations And I stand here today to testify to you that unshakable conviction is for the new. Having that belief, having that reassurance that if you're God, that you serve. You see, Jesus has, let us not be children of God, but not act like children of God. We are meant to be children of God in every area of our life. It's not only when pastor is calling for a prayer meeting that we then start bringing all the prayer points. No! We are to be children of God in every area of our life. And the times when things do not work out, it's not because God is not not there or because it's a rejection. No, sometimes it's because God needs to bring something out of you for the new season. I stand here today telling you with so much resilience, with so much edge, with so much grip of me knowing who my God is. And I just wanted to encourage you today I want to encourage you, Jesus House, to keep going. The new season is about unshakable conviction. If your God has said it, if the God that you believe is truly God, he will bring it to pass. I just want to leave you with um, just a little scripture, just to say that um, in John 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you these things so that in, so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, Jesus house. Take heart, Jesus house. Take heart, Jesus house. That in this new season, Jesus has overcome.
4: Hello, church. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, give us a grace to behold the new. Give us eyes to see it, hands to receive it. Minds that can move on from the former things, and faith to thrive in it. In Jesus' name, amen. To answer the question of what the new means to me is well-timed because I have recently become the proud father of a second child, Um, and this has given me an up-close reminder of the journey from conception to pregnancy to, of course, birth. And it makes this season even more fascinating to me as there are so many parallels to draw from it. So as I was considering what the new meant to me, I must admit that I think the spirit of Pastor Agu came upon me because I ended up with seven points that I feel encapsulate my feelings about the new. I will make mention of each briefly, but will only unpack my favorite four because of time. So do stay with me. Now, if I were to title this reflection, it would be The Charge of the New. The Charge of the New. So what is that? The first is that in the new, there must be preparation. Preparation because no man puts old wine in new wineskins. Secondly, there must be growth because we cannot carry yesterday's standards into the new. And thirdly, the charge of the new is that there is going to be work. To birth the new and to thrive in it is always going to require effort and a different level of thinking. But let's get a little deeper and go a little further. The fourth point in the new that we are charged with is to trust God. To go somewhere we've never been before, we have to trust the person who knows the way, or the person who has been there, or the person who is already there waiting for us. And that is our Lord and Savior. So, in the same way that we trust our Satnav that it is going to get us to where we need to go, that is how we need to trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, the famous chapter in verses 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In Jeremiah 17, it, in the amplified version, it goes even further and calls the one who trusts the Lord blessed. Specifically, verse seven, it says, blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. And this leads nicely to the next point, because the charge of the new is also a level of expectation. We have valid cause for heightened expectation, because typically whenever we receive or buy or get something new, the assumption is that it is going to supersede what has been in the past in the same way so if, for example if we buy a new car i think our expectation would be that it is going to drive nicer have better handling and perform better than whatever we were driving before if we support a sports team and we sign a new player i think we expect that our fortunes might be better in the following campaign that we can be finished higher up in the league or win some silverware essentially expectation is synonymous with faith and we know that this is the currency of the kingdom If we're truly expectant, our behavior is going to change. Ultimately, when my wife and I found out we were expecting, why did I find myself building chests of drawers and building a cot for a person who was not even here yet? Because we believed that at an appointed time, there was going to be a birth. Now, the new that we're in, it might not be quite as obvious as a protruding belly, but we are similarly expectant for what we have passed through in this 21 days of prayer We know that there is about to be a shift and that it has already begun in many cases. Abraham, the father of our faith, he believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. The next charge of the new is to steward the gift because a gift is, sorry, the new is always a gift. And a gift often requires stewardship or a degree of responsibility. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Verse 14, Paul speaks to Timothy about the gift of God in him, and he says, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The Passion Translation calls it an incomparable treasure. Just as when a parent, if he or she gives the child a car, is going to expect simply that that child must service it, that child has got to put petrol in it, that child has got to maintain it and clean it. Similarly, with the gift that we have in our new, we have to steward it. And finally, the charge of the new is change. If we've ever cried out to God for something and didn't understand that there was going to be something that would change, I would say that perhaps we were a bit unrealistic. But the good news is that God is with us in every change. And what is better still, he doesn't change, so that we are safe as we move in our change. Look at what he said to Joshua in chapter 1, before commanding him to be strong and courageous, he said that as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Malachi 3 verse 6, it says, I the Lord do not change. Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The new will inevitably bring change, but As Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I want to leave you with a declaration. John 9 recounts the story of a man born blind. Verse 32 depicts the healed man speaking with the Pharisees who were investigating how this could have happened. He says to them, Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind my favorite part of that is where it says nobody has ever heard i decree over you that you will experience an unprecedented new i decree that your new will be a blessing profiting you and those around you i decree that grace to prepare to trust to steward to expect to work to change and to grow might be yours in your new season this is what the new means to me amen
0: Wow! I'm sure you agree with me that the church is very much alive, very much marching on. Just sitting down and listening um, to four of them uh, share their own experiences, uh, their own perspective of what the new means. I am so encouraged that the church is strong and marching on, and we're grateful to all four of you, uh, Otie, grateful to you. Um, I can see that the, the spirit is upon you for seven points. <laughs> I'm grateful to to Ladé, uh, just the lovely way that you have brought such revelation to us. And uh, Tolu, your fervency is infectious, and, and Eminence, you are such a young man, but you carry so much grace, so distinguished in your delivery. I just want to say thank you to all of you uh, for, for really bringing the word to us in the way that, that, that you did. Um, when I think of the new, uh, the story that always comes back to my mind is the story of uh, Jesus walking on water and encouraging Peter to walk on water. Uh, you know the stories in Matthew the 14th chapter. Uh, this is not me preaching. Um, we've had some great preaching. Uh, Matthew the 14th chapter, Um, and you know the story. Jesus comes uh, to the disciples round about 4 a.m. walking on water. And it's not a myth. It actually happened. And when the disciples see him, they're afraid because they think it's a ghost. Wouldn't you if you suddenly saw uh, someone walking on water in the, the, well, not the middle of the night, towards the early hours of the morning, round about 4 a.m.? Of course they're afraid and they they scream, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. And Jesus says to them, no, it's not a ghost. Don't be afraid. It's me. And then Peter, and, and I really pray the spirit of Peter will come upon all of us in this new. Peter, when he hears Jesus' voice, says to him, if it is you, master, beat me to come. And that's what we need. We, we need a word from God. And you have got a word from God. The word is from Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And that's what those four young uh, men and women have preached powerfully about. And once, Peter says to, once God, Jesus says to Peter, come, he hears the word, he steps out of the boat and walks on water. He does literally what had never been done before. And it's that boldness to obey the word of God that I pray upon you, upon you and upon me that we will embrace the word of God, obey the word of God and boldly, walk out of the boat out of what, it, what what is out of the the past out of the old and into the new and i pray that that boldness will come upon every single one of you who is watching so that you can embrace the new things that god has planned for you and i love a part of that story um, because as tends to happen when we take our eyes off jesus and we put our attention on the things that are happening, sometimes they are frightening things. In this day and age, especially with the pandemic, there's a lot of that, a lot of fear in society. When we turn our our attention away from Jesus to the things, then sometimes fear creeps back in. And and if you read the story, that's exactly what happened to Peter. Uh, He was walking on water, um, walking in the new but then the noise of the boisterous waves and there's a lot of noise in our society today that is uh, uh th- that that has the capacity to distract us. A lot of noise on social media, the wrong kind of noise that has the capacity to get your eyes off Jesus. There are so many things that are pulling at us in different directions so that we can take our eyes off Jesus. Uh, and, And Peter made that mistake. He took his eyes off Jesus. And as he did that, Fear came in when he saw the boisterous waves, and I guess heard the sound of the waves, and he started to sink. But then, this is the part I love. And this, isn't this so much like Jesus? As he started to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And the Bible says, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hands and cut him and said to him, O oh, oh you of little faith, why did you doubt? He he just chastised him in that gracious, loving way that Jesus always does. So that it's, we receive it because of the gracious way that he chastises us, encouraging, encouraging us. He didn't, he didn't come down on him and, and castigate him. He just says, literally, he says, come on, you can do better. Have faith for it the next time. Uh, and as I end, I want to say that Without Jesus, we drown in the seas of life. There's too much that's going on. Too many things that are stacked against us. Too many odds against us. Too many things that mess up our lives, our emotions. That if we don't have Jesus, we end up drowning. And I hope that after listening to the sermons that were preached, that there's someone out there who's saying, you know what, I want what they have. I want a relationship with that Jesus that they have described. It's not a religious relationship. It's really a personal relationship, dynamic, growing, throbbing, alive. And maybe there's someone out there who's saying, Lord, save me. Save me from this mess. Save me because I'm drowning. Maybe in a sea of debt.'" maybe in a sea of fear maybe in some other sea i am drowning lord i am overwhelmed i'm overcome save me from this darkness this darkness of despair and and depression and maybe some other sort of darkness some cycle of addiction that you need broken i don't know what it is but you're saying lord save me now if you're that person he's heard you and he wants to stretch out his hand and rescue you the same way he rescued Peter so that he can set you back on course and you can walk on water. And what do you have to do so that he does that? Well, he cried out, Lord, save me. So why don't you cry out the same? I can, I can go along with you on that journey. If you would just say after me, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, save me today. I stretch my hand out and I cry out, Lord, save me today. I receive your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I commit myself to a life of obedience to you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for receiving me into your family, for saving me today in Jesus' name. Amen, as simple as that, it's as simple as that. That's what I love about the Christian faith. You don't have to earn it, you don't have to work for it. Jesus has paid the price. All you've got to do is cry out, Lord, save me today. And so if you cried out in that manner, you said that prayer with me, um, I want you to know that you are saved. He has saved you. Now you start a journey with him um, as you begin to grow in your faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, every time someone gives their lives to Christ, there's a celebration going on in heaven. Our Father's heart is filled with joy that one of his sons or daughters has come back home and Jesus is overjoyed to welcome one of his brothers or sisters back home. If you understand that, every time someone gives their life to Christ, commits their life to Christ, you would be overjoyed as well. I hope you were challenged by the messages that you heard. Um, from um, Oti and uh, Lade and uh, Eminence and Tolu, I was challenged. So let's step out into the new. God bless you as you do so.